So foreign policy, right? She's she um, she has some some narrowly focused stuff, uh, and then some sort of general principles. The the in the narrow things start with uh, ending abusive contracts, right? So, you know, this is the 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 um, the the classic. You know, everyone's heard about it for for decades. The military contractors who rip off the government by charging, you know, thousands of dollars for a a, a you know a screw or a toilet seat or something like that. I think that the most stark example of this recently is uh, the company Transdime, which we may have mentioned before on the podcast, but if you don't know, this is a hedge fund which basically did some research um, and bought up a whole bunch of little defense uh, suppliers which had a monopoly on in individual parts, right? So they borrowed a shit ton of money. They bought up all these little companies, some of them not so little, and then they just jacked up the price. And as a Zach Carter article about this when the investigation originally comes from the capital forum which is a kind of trade publication about corporate abuses um they they had this devilishly tricky strategy to basically jack up their prices to the exact level at which they would trigger an automatic pentagon audit and then just back it off a tiny bit right but the percentage increase was, was there's a recent inspector general report on this, um, you know, uh, price increases of, of between there was, you know, 90 percent uh, over overpriced to like four thousand and three hundred and something percent. There was some some little uh, half inch drive pin, whatever a drive pin is that. Should cost like forty two dollars. They were selling for like four thousand two hundred, and so right. So this is what's motivating Warren's thing. And so what she wants to do is to um, end the revolving door. So she would uh, ban quote ban giant defense contractors from hiring senior DOD officials. That's Department of Defense and general and flag officers for four years after they leave the department. Um, it would also require contractors to identify the former DOD officials who work for them and what they're working on. Okay, you know, that's pretty good. Ban DOD officials from owning contractor stock. Another classic conflict of interest thing. You don't want people involved in awarding these contracts to be benefiting themselves. Um, limit foreign government hiring of national American national security officials. There's a booming trade in like Saudi Arabia and Israel and so on, hiring, uh, you know, former officials and, and such. Um, and I hear Michael Flynn has a good line on that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, classic. I mean, there's the, 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 the whole government is infested with this kind of corruption, but I think it's probably worst in the Defense Department because the amount of money is so big and there's so little oversight. And what you're producing is, you know, not, it's not like, uh, 
some kind of thing that you're going to, you know, it's not like a dam or something like that that's going to have like a real domestic constituency that's looking at it all the time. You're just, you know, it's just soldiers and the American government doesn't give a crap when soldiers get killed. Um, then there's some disclosure stuff. So all that I would say is uh, pretty good, you know, like this, the system we have is such a fucking disaster zone. And it's definitely high time that we roll back a lot of these, you know, abuses. And uh, also, you know, as we'll get to later, cut cut the spending. You know, the, the defense budget is up to like $750 billion now, you know. It's like almost as much at the, as it was at the height of the Iraq War. And for what, you know? Doing shit we shouldn't be doing. Um, however... Uh, there's an ideological thing that you can see here in that what Warren doesn't consider and what she doesn't consider is just nationalizing some of these firms. Um, if the, you know, if the government keeps getting ripped off by these basically middlemen, you know, the, these, these, these people who are, who are doing contracts or, or buying companies that do contracts, why don't you just take the whole thing in house and you think, oh, that'll lead to just different kinds of corruption and so on. But it's not as weird as you might think. Um, J.W. Mason has a great review of a book called The Economy During Wartime, which is about World War II um, and how uh, how, <clears throat> how production was organized during the wartime economy, which involved just incredible controls on, on uh, uh, you know, everything. And um, there's an amusing anecdote, which I may have mentioned before in the podcast, but uh, uh, Wilson, Wilson says, um, or sorry, Mason quotes the, this, this uh, uh, amusing exchange between um, U.S. Steel Chairman Elbert Gary and Bernard Baruch, head of the first World War era War Industries Board. Unhappy with what the military was paying for steel, Baruch informed Gary that if prices didn't come down, the government would simply take the industry over. When an incredulous Gary asked how U.S. steel could be managed without his top executives, Baruch replied, oh, we'll get a second lieutenant or somebody to run it. <laughs> more, yep. more threatening than taxes, red tape, or even militant unions was the implication of wartime planning that owners were unnecessary to production. So, you know, it, um, a lot of people don't know this, but prior to World War II, uh, lots of military production was carried out by government, um, uh, like, agencies. Um, skipping a little bit in this review... Quote, by the 1960s, the military was more dependent on private contractors not only than during the war, but arguably than at any previous point in its history. From the 19th century through the 1940s, half of Navy ships were built in government-owned shipyards by government employees. But less than two decades after the end of the Second World War, this capacity was entirely gone and all new warships were built by private contractors. Large public investments in other areas of military production that long predated the war similarly passed into the hands of private owners. And this was an ideological project because if the if there's this like big, you know, state run thing that you can point to that, that like puts out like pretty good stuff, 
then then that's a threat to the capitalist hegemony over the whole the rest of the economy because if you can build ships well then why can't you build uh you know transistors or or pharmaceuticals or you know anything else you might imagine and so there was this concerted effort from conservatives after the war to get all that stuff off the government books they they owned the government owned uh about a quarter of the of the whole country's industrial plant and that was carried you know that was like either bought or or built outright by massive um you know state spending and i think you know for all of warren's laudable uh, uh, emphasis on corruption in the defense contracting process insofar as we need to have a military at all which you know that's a that's a questionable point but we'll bracket that for the time being it seems to me that at least you know let's say half as it was before half of it ought to be done by the government itself because you know just look around no i think that's a great point to tie defense strategy to the economy not just in terms of uh, the kind of anodyne, well, literally, if you don't spend so much money on things and you, you, uh, even to your point about the fact that there would be savings because we wouldn't be bilked by these private contractors, um, just, you know, just, or just re- reducing the bloated defense budget, right? Everyone, cause is everyone's concerned about the, the, the deficit or the debt or something. None of those things, uh, really matter for, for what you're saying. Cause what you're saying is, over and above all of that is the way that taking back government control of these things could be a powerful power shift in a major market and one that would, of course, probably have implications for when we would or wouldn't go to war because so much of the money that is made uh, because of the profit incentive is driving, I would assume, the kinds of policies that would bring about the wars that need more and more of, of that spending. So, so, uh, the same thing with, with kind of healthcare or any public goods. When you nationalize or when the government takes reins, it's not only more efficient, there's bargaining power and there's, there's lower costs because there's not the exploitation and, and so forth, but there is this, uh, shift in the end to which that industry is oriented and more democratic control over uh, how something as important as, you know, the violence we do to other countries and the, the vast amount of money that could be made at the expense of brown bodies, right? How that's conducted. So it's both, um, you know, not just a bottom line thing for our, our debt, but it's both an economic uh, re- reclaiming of the demos as against the capitalists uh, as well as itself a policy that could shift the the way that we choose when and how often to go to war, I would think. Yeah. So she's not doing that. She's, she's not supporting something that, that radical, I guess. Right, yes. And I, right, and I don't, you know, again, I don't think this would solve the imperial problem at a stroke, but it is the case that you see in Northern Virginia and, and Southern Maryland this vast complex of of contractors, lobbyists, and and so on, and that it that gives a a strong uh, you know you have a minority of people with tons and tons of money 
deep connections to the the state apparatus here and they uh that that's like the kind of lobbying group that's always really effective you know a small handful of rich, rich people who can really coordinate their activities very easily and they can push these uh you know uh just sociopathic wars to go blow up wedding parties in Yemen because, hey, there's another bomb for fucking Raytheon or Lockheed Martin or whoever. And I do think, you know, again, wouldn't solve these things at a stroke, not by a long shot, but it would it would really undermine that nexus of of just like horror, horrifying violence. 